You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with Travis Ryer on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Is Southern Fried Sports with Bama Online Senior Analyst Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Friday morning in Tuscaloosa, it is time once again for Southern Fried Sports on your home for University of Alabama Athletics, Tide 100.9 FM. Travis Schreier, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com, a part of the the 247sports.com network. Your trusty, trusty if not talented host of the program. The show is always brought to you by Peter Brook Chocolatier out there at 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hills section of Tuscaloosa. They're getting ready to do up another big batch of those cake pops, those chocolate-covered cake pops. And you can pre-order yours. You can secure yours right now at 205-752-0211. Call over there to Peterbrook Chocolatier. They don't have the cake pops on a daily basis. It's sort of a special, and if you ever have one, you'll know. That it exactly, it truly qualifies as special, and they're going to have a big batch of those coming to you over there at Peterbrook Chocolatier. Joined on the program by executive producer Jacob Harrison, who together we combine to form the 60 bit of Sports Talk Radio. And speaking of woo, yesterday, the Nature Boy. Rick Flair should have hit on this yesterday. In fact, I'm surprised there was even programming, local programming here on Tide 109 yesterday with the birthday of Nick Fl- uh, Rick Flair. I figured we'd get the birthday off. Ooh. Right. I figured we'd get your birthday off, Nate. But uh, no, financial institutions, government offices, I guess they were all open yesterday. As Rick Flair turned 72 years old, which makes you wonder or makes you sort of think back to even the 90s, man. Rick was taking bumps in his 50s. Hard to believe. But, taking bumps uh, in his 60s. 60s, yeah. I think he still takes bumps. I but, think so. Uh, he my, still hangs my, out with Charlotte, and he's got some programs going on right now. Yeah. So, I mean, he's still on TV. Yeah. I think he's taking bumps of a couple different kinds, if you know what I'm saying. But, <clears throat> belated birthday <laughs> wishes to the one, the only, the 16-time world heavyweight champion, Rick Flair. Jacob, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing pretty good. I, I, I love you, you start a day with talking about Rick Flair, though. I mean, that go, that'll get you fired yeah. up. Yeah, Rick Flair and bumps. That didn't get you fired up. I don't know what else will. Uh, we do have Off the Edge tonight, correct, Jacob, your program? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We're going to dive into to, to some celebration. It's second and 26th day. Exactly. It is uh, 226, and as we know, that's become an annual holiday. Again, speaking of, uh, I do think the post office and government offices are still open today, but 226 resonates with Alabama fans, probably with some Georgia fans, unfortunately, on that end of the deal. Of course, Tua Tagovailoa to Devontae Smith, second 26. We all know what happened. A little more than three years ago now, over in Atlanta, Georgia, today, Alabama with that overtime win over the Georgia Bulldogs in the 2018 college football playoff national championship game one of those where were you moments where were you when second and 26 came out of the atl sky like a bolt of lightning i remember it being nasty weather there i was there i was sitting alongside my cohort charlie potter of BamaOnline.com, and just witnessing that entire second half sort of unfold with tua coming into the game and 
doing his thing. And he had some mistakes. People tend to forget that. But the defense, too. Defense gets overlooked in the way they played there in the second half of that game. Uh, never will forget it. I don't think most of you will either. 205-342-9904 is the Peterbrook Chocolatier studio line. If you would like to check in with us on a Friday, we would love to hear from you. Seems appropriate, I would guess, that on a day where you think back to Tuatonga Vialoa and his breakthrough moment at the University of Alabama, the Crimson Tide in the mix. We've talked about it the last couple of days for a five-star quarterback from Martin, Tennessee, and Ty Simpson, who is set to make his announcement coming up this afternoon at 2 Central. You'll be able to watch that announcement via CBS Sports HQ. You'll have a stream of that if you'd like to tune in. We are going to have Hank South on with us, recruiting analyst for BamaOnline.com, coming up in just a little bit to preview the Ty Simpson announcement, how that recruitment has unfolded how it has been impacted by some coaching changes at a couple of different places, who have been the constants in the recruitment of Ty Simpson. We'll get into all of that with Hank South coming up in just a little bit. A little bit later in the program, we'll check in with Pops. And what we're going to do with Pops today, among other things, is we're going to ask Pops to rank because it's all starting to happen now as we get into the spring sports and the winter sports convening with the Uh, Coming together with the spring sports, we're going to get Pops to rank his favorite March and April sporting events. Because, man, when you think about it, there's a little bit of something for everybody here in the next couple of months. I mean, you've got the NBA going. You've got Major League Baseball cranking up, college baseball, college softball. We're going to have both of those in Tuscaloosa this weekend. I did see where Alabama baseball schedule changed. I'm sure Gary talked about that on his program Alabama Wright State will still play the single game this afternoon over at the Joe, but they will play a doubleheader tomorrow starting at 1 o'clock, and that Sunday game will go away. It will become part of that doubleheader tomorrow. So that's a schedule change to consider for Alabama baseball, Alabama softball. With the Crimson Classic, you're going to have a doubleheader of Alabama-Memphis starting at 4 over at the Rhodes House. And then you'll have Alabama, North Carolina tomorrow, and then Troy on Sunday. So a lot of softball. I think they're actually getting cranked up right now over at the Rhodes House with that event. So if you love some softball and you can access the limited capacity over there, you might want to do that as well. 205-342-9904. It was a daddy-daughter date night. We sort of previewed that on the program yesterday as well. Uh, we did, I did catch up with the youngest daughter, the freshman, the freshman, the Kappa over there at the University of Alabama. And as promised, she did hit me up for dinner too. It wasn't just going to be, hey, let's meet at Coleman and watch Alabama women's basketball take on third-ranked Texas A&M. It was never going to be just that simple. After I hit her with the text of, hey, let's meet up, watch some women's basketball at 6 Comes back the text. Well, what about dinner? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I thought maybe she might go light on me. No, it was five. She was, no, let's go to five. And it was okay because she does the uptown chicken appetizer, so she doesn't hit me too hard. But I end up hitting myself hard when I go to places like that. They've got that pan-aid chicken there at five. If you've never had that, that's outstanding. You get that with the mashed potatoes and the little side salad. Yes, very good stuff. But... The basketball game itself, you figured it would be a big challenge for the Alabama women, and it was because A&M's ranked third in the country for a reason. Very talented, very long size advantage, very much so in the corner of Texas A&M last night. They used it to their advantage. Had a 13-0 run to end the second quarter that gave A&M a 13-point lead there at the break, and then push that lead out to 18 through 3. But Alabama made a run there in the fourth quarter. It at least made those in attendance hang around. Jordan Lewis got it going, the Alabama guard on the offensive end, and uh, got that thing down to, I think, 5 at one point in the fourth quarter. But uh, the lead was as much as 21 at one point for A&M, and you're just going to have a hard time erasing all of that against a team of that quality. So, it was a six-point loss for Alabama women's basketball last night. Now they'll head to Arkansas 
coming up on Sunday to cap the regular season. Charlie Cream, the Joe Lenardi equivalent of women's basketball there at ESPN.com. He still has the Alabama women in the tournament, the NCAA tournament as a seven seed. looks like regardless of what happens even in Arkansas Sunday or even in the SEC tournament in Greenville, South Carolina, it looks like Alabama women's basketball, like the men's team, is going to appear in the NCAA tournament. Also, we want to get into on this Friday with you, you've had some more news as it relates to Alabama men's basketball from a schedule perspective. I don't think the SEC exactly did Alabama many favors by adding a road game at Georgia uh, a week from Saturday, but that's what it is. Alabama adds the Georgia Bulldogs, of course, hosted Georgia and Severe Wheeler, the outstanding point guard, here a couple of Saturdays ago. But Alabama will go to the road one week from tomorrow to take on Georgia. That was announced yesterday. And so we have a, a conclusion now that you can sort of count on with this regular season for Alabama men's basketball. Of course, Alabama got another bulldog to worry about tomorrow evening over in Starkville, looking to complete the season sweep of Mississippi State. Similar to Missouri, maybe Oklahoma. Some of these teams with some size, Kentucky certainly qualifies from that perspective. Uh, Very much a different kind of matchup from what Alabama likes to do stylistically. So we'll see which wins out tomorrow evening over there in Starkville. I haven't checked on ticket prices. You know, it might be a better deal to try to go watch Alabama basketball in Starkville these days as far as a ticket is concerned than in Tuscaloosa because the secondary market, you've been getting hammered for Alabama men's basketball. I haven't checked on that game, Alabama-Mississippi State, but might be a better ticket deal if you can make the hour and 20-minute drive or so over to the hump on the Mississippi State University campus. Also, Ali Cahoe, as we learned yesterday, the former Alabama linebacker has landed at Utah, so it'll be Pac-12, SEC Pac-12 for Ali Cahoe, who was initially headed out of high school to the University of Washington before diverting and heading to Tuscaloosa. Spent three seasons with the Crimson Tide, mostly a special team standout, I think at Utah. Certainly a good chance for him to step in there at a linebacker position and make the kind of impact a lot of people hoped and really a lot of people expected he would at UA. So uh, here's to the best for Ali Kaho moving forward. Speaking of moving forward, we're going to head to a break. When we come back, Hank South, BamaOnline.com. We're going to talk Ty Simpson in advance of that big announcement coming up later this afternoon with Hank and some other recruiting topics of interest when Southern Fried Sports returns. On Tide 100.9 FM, right after this. University of Alabama, this is Crimson Tide Today. It's a daily update on Bama sports, and it's brought to you by Everwood Treatment Company, the official treated lumber of Alabama athletics. Everwood, wood treated right. Hello again, everybody. I'm Roger Hoover. Alabama women's basketball battled back to chip a 21-point deficit down to five late in the fourth quarter. However, the Crimson Tide would come no closer with time running short in the 73-67 loss to third-ranked Texas A&M on Thursday. Alabama heads into the final game of the regular season on Sunday against Arkansas with a 15-7 overall record and an 8-7 mark in SEC play. Jordan Lewis led the way offensively with a game-high 21 points, while Jasmine Walker recorded a double-double with 11 points and 11 rebounds. Ari Copeland added 13 points and 6 rebounds, and Destiny Rice played a solid 20 minutes off the bench, recording 10 points and a career-best 7 rebounds. Megan Abrams and Hannah Barber added 6 points each. I'll have more in a moment. Everwood Treatment Company is wood treated right. Everwood is the most technologically advanced pressure treated wood available. That means no rotting, no decay, no problems. Just wood treated right. Everwood is your treated wood source and the official pressure treated lumber of the Alabama Crimson Tide. If you're looking to add or replace decks, outdoor structures, or commercial jobs, choose Everwood for wood treated right. If you need it, we'll get it to you. To locate your local Everwood store, visit everwoodtreatment.com. Everwood Treatment, official lumber of the Alabama Crimson Tide. 
We've got you covered for Alabama men's basketball against Mississippi State on Saturday. Alabama remains atop the SEC standings at 13-2 in conference play, while Mississippi State is 7-8 in the league. Tip-off for the Bulldogs in Starkville is set for 5 p.m. Central, and our coverage on the network begins at 4 p.m. Join us at Bomb Power's Victory Grill in Tuscaloosa for the broadcast. And that's your Bama update. Crimson Tide Today brought to you by Everwood. Crimson Tide Today is a production of the Crimson Tide Sports Network. Cloudy with rain diminishing today. Just a small chance of a shower tonight. The high today 67, tonight's low 62. A warm weekend ahead, mostly cloudy tomorrow and Sunday with only widely scattered showers. Highs between 77 and 80. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 59 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Tide 100.9. For more coverage of Alabama football, visit us at Tide100.9.com or download the free Tide 100.9 app. We got married in a beaver, hotter than a pepper sprout. We've been talking about Jackson ever since the fire went out. I'm going to Jackson. As we've talked about over the last couple of days, it is a decision day on this Friday up in Martin, Tennessee. Five-star quarterback, Ty Simpson, one of the top three quarterbacks right now in the 24-7 sports composite rankings set to make his choice. Looks like Alabama, Clemson, Tennessee's been in that mix, Ole Miss to some extent. But joining us now to preview that announcement set for later this afternoon is Hank South, my colleague there at BamaOnline.com. First and foremost, Hank is has been among the millions in the last week or so who have been impacted by this incredible weather. Uh, not so much incredible in a good way, by the way. But, Hank, uh, you and yours come through that situation okay? We're good. We're very lucky. Uh, we, we had it a lot better than than, uh, than many did. But, yeah, it was still very anxious, kind of kind of scary situation for a little bit. But um, we're doing good now. I appreciate it. Yeah, I think uh, Hank and, and Fam were able to maintain power throughout that scary stretch but uh water may have been an issue and there are there are uh excerpts of hank actually boiling down snow for uh (laughs) bathing water and the like out there in the southwest but as we look ahead here to this weekend hank and hopefully some better weather but forecasting sticking with the weather theme forecasting the quarterback position for the alabama crimson tide in the 2022 cycle hank and First of all, it seems like this is always the time of year or in a lot of years when the dominoes at that position start to fall. I guess Quinn Ewers, widely regarded, unanimously regarded as the top quarterback prospect for the 2022 cycle, he sort of took care of business early, committing initially to Texas, then through the Tom Herman transition, he flips to Ohio State. Uh, Again, a unanimous choice is the top quarterback prospect for this next cycle, but once you get past him, some things start to happen. I know Sark, speaking of Texas, ended up getting his quarterback of preference uh, in the Murphy kid out of California, I guess. But uh, is this kind of the way it's it's typically fallen here in the last few years, I guess? And uh, is Simpson sort of in line with that? Yeah, you usually see quarterbacks um, commit pretty early in, in cycles. Um, the, the class is kind of, you know, built around them they can kind of take that leadership role as kind of the class leader um yeah i mean if you look at signing day or, or early signing day or, or regular signing day in february you don't see a lot of quarterbacks announcing because they're usually already committed um well before then um so yeah you, you can kind of see it that that's you know after you have the quarterback in your class you can start looking at kind of building the pieces around them wide receivers start looking at at the class a little bit more skill players um you know the quarterback obviously becomes kind of one of those lead recruiters as well alongside the coaching staff so um, it, it is falling in line, um, kind of w- with that timeline um, w- with Ty Simpson, and this is something you know he's he's been wanting, kind of aiming towards doing um, throughout the season. Obviously, we've been in a dead period; you can't take normal visits, uh, but you can take you know those self-guided trips. We've seen kind of really start to pop up where 
where kids, you know, buy tickets to the games, they go down and, and kind of see it for themselves without talking to the coaching staff. And, and Ty Simpson did that, you know, I, I think, you know, I don't know how many games he went to this fall around the country, but, uh, he, he, he saw, I, I know he saw at least Alabama, Tennessee, I think he went to Clemson. Uh, I know, know he went to Ole Miss. So he, he went and saw those campuses on his own. And when he went to Alabama back in November, I think it was for the Kentucky game, he was saying, you know, he, he was doing those with, with hopes to, to really kind of narrow things down and, and, and hopefully make a decision. So um, he, he was definitely um, looking at kind of getting this done and, and, and originally was supposed to do it, you know, uh, last week, uh, February 19th. But obviously, you know, weather impacted most of the country um, last week. So he, he's moved it now to, uh, to today at 2 p.m. Central Time. Yeah, I know Steve Wiltfong, who does an outstanding job for us at 247sports.com, had a pretty – in-depth update here in the last few days on Ty Simpson. And it it sounds like it's not a stretch to think that if Jeremy Pruitt were still in place at the University of Tennessee, this would almost be a slam dunk for the Vols with Simpson. Yeah, you know, I I think so. Um, They they were certainly – the, the leader at one point, um, I, you know, I think he's changed his leader a few times. I know, I know Steve's update kind of included um, Clemson being the favorite, um, Tennessee obviously being the childhood favorite and probably the longtime team to beat. Um, and, and that was a school, you know, you look at, if you, you kind of do that recruiting saying follow the visits. Um, Alabama and Tennessee are the two schools he's been to most. I think he's been to Bama six times, five or six at least, and he's been to Tennessee, you know, five or six as well. Obviously lives in the state of Tennessee um, also, so has that going for him. But, but yeah, you know, if Pruitt was still in place, if, if that staff was still intact, and, you know, I still think Tennessee ha- has a shot here. You know, Josh Heupel's kind of come in and, and immediately kind of put the uh, pedal to the floor on, on his recruitment and, and trying to, you know, keep him keep him in, in play. Um, but it, it does look like, you know, Alabama and Clemson have maybe pulled out in front um, a little bit as we head towards uh, decision time this afternoon. And following the change, I guess, at Tennessee, it seemed like more of the narrative shifted towards Clemson with Ty Simpson and the crystal ball section of Ty Simpson's profile there at 247sports.com. We saw a couple of three crystal balls going in for the Tigers with Ty. Uh, And even according to Steve Wilfong's update, Clemson's university president has contacted (laughs) Ty Simpson a couple of times on uh, the Tigers' behalf. Uh, But it seems like in the last couple weeks that's turned more towards Alabama, I know here, what, Wednesday, you put in a crystal ball for Alabama with a pretty medium confidence level. Are you you sticking with that, Hank, as we, we near this announcement this afternoon? Yeah, I am. Um, you know, there, there were some questions after Sark left for Texas, you know, obviously offensive coordinator, quarterbacks coach. Um, you know, leaving a guy he's built a relationship with and was really, you know, connected with, you know, how is that going to affect things that rate maybe raise some questions, maybe helped Clemson a little bit, I guess, in the short term. Um, but, you know, as soon as Bill O'Brien came on the staff, I think Ty Simpson was maybe his first call um, to as a, as a recruiter and, uh, you know, certainly one of the first calls. And uh, I, I think they kind of just clicked right away. Um, and obviously, you know, the NFL experience, head coach experience, college head coach experience, because Ty's dad's a coach. He's a coach's son. So he certainly recognizes the benefit of uh, that kind of experience and in, in, in when you're trying to develop and, and get to the next level. Um, and then another addition Bama had that I, I think has helped, too, is, is Jay Graham, who, who I think we've talked about before. But, you know, he used to coach. He was an assistant coach under um, Ty Simpson's dad, Jason, at UT Martin, I think in 2007, kind of early on in his career. So there's still a connection there. So he, he kind of he lost Sark. He lost that connection. But, of course, you have Nick Saban, who, who's the best recruiting closer in the country. Uh, you get Bill O'Brien. You get Jay Graham. So that kind of filled the any sort of void may have maybe Sark leaving would have left. Uh, and, and I think he's really, you know, continued to feel comfortable and continued to buy into the pitch. Um, Bam has been selling him. You know, Hank, it's had the sort of it's had the sort of breakdown since 2017 that almost every other year. Alabama has brought in multiple quarterbacks. 2017, of course, Alabama brings in Tua and Mac Jones. A couple years later, in comes Talia and Paul Tyson. Well, here we are. Uh, A few years later, uh, it's been Jalen Milrow in this latest class. Um, What do you think, Hank? Is is there potential for this to be uh, a two-quarterback class, or as we sit here at least right now and thinking that if it is Simpson or, or another quarterback, uh, and they go one quarterback, they'll have four, uh, assuming everybody stays on campus 
for 2022? Or, uh, you think this is definitely a one-quarterback class, or could this be another two, or do you keep the transfer portal in mind a little bit too? Yeah, you know, it's, it's a good question. I, I mean, I, I wouldn't rule out it being a two-quarterback class. Um, you know, I, I don't think it's safe to make any assumptions in the transfer portal era, and that's not me, you know. Uh, just, just make it, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. There's going to be a quarterback competition this spring. Um, you know, guys, you know, circumstances change every year. You never know what can happen at any position, not just the quarterback position. So, um, I think the plan right now is one. And, and if you get one and you get, if it's that, if it's Ty Simpson, I mean, what a quarterback, you know, you get a five-star quarterback early on. Um, you could probably safely um, stick with him. And then if something did come up down the line, you could always look in the transfer portal. Um, but there, yeah, you know, I, I think Bama will still communicate with other quarterbacks um, with the, with the possibility of, of maybe taking a second. Like you said, it's been that kind of every other year class um, where they've done that, I guess not from 2019 to, to 2021, but uh, you know, we, we've seen it multiple times in the last few years, Paul Tyson, Talia Tonga-Valoa and, than uh, Mac Jones to a and so yeah maybe it, it could happen um, but you know I think right now the plan is one which brings me to Tanner Bailey one of the top local prospects one of the top prospects in the state of Alabama certainly when you talk about the quarterback position the Gordo product uh, I see where he is a top 10 uh, quarterback in the 24-7 sports composite rankings for 2022 uh what are you hearing on tanner how does he sort of stack up on that quarterback board right now for alabama i think he's definitely on the radar um i actually um messaged with him a couple weeks ago he had just kind of heard from bill o'brien for the first time um so there's communication there's interest um but i I think you kind of if you're looking at kind of the priorities obviously you know we're going to see what happens with ty simpson on uh today um and then you know if he does go elsewhere if he goes to clemson or tennessee um i think you kind of circle back and tanner bailey's one of those um first guys you you kind of look at obviously he's in the back he's in your backyard um has ties to the alabama has ties to alabama um it certainly has a lot of interest in alabama as well so he would be a guy i think we'd see you know bama continue to do some evaluations um just kind of go into the spring see where they're at with their offers um but yeah i I think it all kind of starts with ty simpson and then you know go from there as far as um who who would be after that i guess hank when it comes to the dead period that was essentially all of the 2021 recruiting cycle looks like business as usual because as we know the ncaa has extended the dead period now i guess through may of this year at least uh but even with that we're seeing alabama uh, with some early offers not only for 2022 guys but 2023 uh as well i guess yeah that's kind of been the main the main uh, storyline this week in terms of new offers with alabama is they've really kind of hit the ground running offering a lot of these 2023 kids and you know obviously you know th- that's probably offers with intent of hopefully seeing them down the line at, at camp or you know their neck going into their senior year um, which, you know, it, it kind of feels like, you know, they, they did extend the dead period, but it feels like there's some real momentum and, in, in, you know, potential visits opening up in the summer or, or you know, some sort of normalcy um, in that regard. So, uh, but yeah, you know, we, we've seen the new staff, Jay Valai, Robert Gillespie, Jay Graham. Um, we've, we've seen a lot of these guys, uh, Holman Wiggins, even we, we've seen his name mentioned a bunch with, with these new offers this week. So they're certainly, you know, watching the tape and doing that virtual recruiting thing, which Ben has gotten really good at in the last 12 months. Um, certainly signing the best class ever but um yeah it, it, it's kind of business as usual but you know it, it does feel like there, there might be a, a real chance that you know we'll, we'll see some normal visits this summer it's even impacting i guess the finish to this 2021 class as jt tui malalo is one of the top five overall prospects for much of this recently signed class and uh is he still planning to wait out this dead period for as long as he possibly can and terms of making his final call and is alabama still in that mix as of last check yeah you know he, he this uh, extended dead period didn't really change anything um you know we'll see what kind of what happens with um, if he decides to take visits on his own or, or, or what but uh you know he's not he's not gonna rush himself um with this new timeline he's still you know getting all the information he can alabama is still right there in the mix with ohio state you know the pac-12 schools schools trying to keep him close to home as well um so you know we'll see i mean he'll have a decision made this summer um but i think it's you know past the point of him uh, with any plans to sign a letter of intent or anything like that yeah the big defensive end from the pacific northwest he's one of those few prospects every cycle that has that luxury that if he wants to wait until pretty much reporting date uh he can wait it out and just show up at his 
his school of choice. As we let you go here, Hank, on a Friday. So when we talk about in-state in Alabama for this next class, the class of 22, is there a unanimous or at least consensus choice as the number one player in the state for this next class, or is there is there still some strong competition for that title? I think there's still competition. You know, obviously, if you look at the rankings, Jeremiah Alexander's got a pretty good stronghold on it as far as, you know, him being above everyone else. I think we have him as number 10, the number 10 player in the country, one-time Bama commit uh, from Thompson High School. Uh, but if you get look past him, you know, there's a lot of, you know, talent in the state. and it doesn't, You don't have to go too far to see guys that would probably be most likely to compete with him. Um, you know, I look right at Curtis Perry, the defensive end from – or the defensive tackle from um, – from Montgomery, I mean, he had an insanely nice junior season. Uh, I think I don't have a stat right in front of me, but it was about 157 tackles, 58 tackles for a loss, and you know, 15 or 16 sacks, something like that. Um, but you know, he, he's a guy I think could continue to see, to could continue to climb, and he's a major priority for for Alabama. He's I talked to him last week, and he was saying he's talking to Saban two or three times a month. So that kind of tells you how highly Bama thinks of him. Emmanuel Henderson, the, the five-star running back, who probably could be more considered an athlete than anything. Um, he, he's a guy that's actually going to make a decision here in a few weeks. Um, he, he could be a guy, I think, that could see his stock rise. So I, I think, you know, if, you, if you're looking at competition with Jeremiah Alexander, those two guys are probably the most likely at this point in time. But it's a really strong year in the state, top to bottom. Even kind of the, the kids that aren't in the top 247, there, there's, some, there's a lot of really nice talent out there that I think we could, we could see, you know, join that top 247 mix. Yeah, looking at the rankings for the 24-7 sports composite, uh, Alabama players, you got Alexander at the top. Uh, Alabama still appears to be in pretty good shape there. Emmanuel Henderson, who you mentioned from down in South Alabama, uh, looks like Alabama is considered to be in pretty good shape there. You mentioned Curtis Perry, the defensive tackle from Montgomery. Uh, Robert Woodyard already committed to Alabama the outstanding inside linebacker from Williamson High School in Mobile. So setting up to be sort of a uh, cherry-picking kind of year, it looks like, for <laughs> Alabama in the class of 2022 when it comes to in-state players. Well, Hank, as always, appreciate the time. Hey, here's to some better weather, better conditions for you and yours. <laughs> and as always, great stuff for us there at BamaOnline.com. Thanks, Hank. Appreciate it, Travis. There he goes, Hank South. If you haven't already, give him a follow on Twitter at HankSouth247. Back with more of a Friday edition of Southern Fried Sports right after this. You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with BamaOnline.com senior analyst Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. I hurt myself today to see if I still feel I focus on the pain the only thing that's real the needle tears a hole the old familiar sting Try to kill it all away But I remember everything You know, sometimes the cover lives up to the original And I think that's one prime example right there Maybe sometimes the cover exceeds the original did Johnny Cash, the late great Johnny Cash, do that with that one with Hurt? And you could have it all. Of course, originally from Nine Inch Nails. I'd say at a very minimum, Trent Reznor and the boys had to be quite honored by that rendition. I want to say Reznor was on record as saying that Johnny Cash did the song better than he could have. Yeah, ever I think so too. Yeah, and I don't think he's wrong. Not at all. <laughs> That was pretty much it for Johnny Cash, who, by the way, we are celebrating on what would have been his 89th birthday, born on this day 
1932. You know, as you travel through Arkansas there, not all that far from Memphis, making that trip up to Columbia, Missouri this past football season for Alabama's opener in Como, you get right off the interstate there. I think it's 55, I guess. And Johnny Cash's hometown right there. Yeah, great stuff from Johnny Cash here on a Friday. Great hearing from Hank South. Interesting afternoon coming up. Alabama fans going to have their ears and eyes to the north. Martin, Tennessee, specifically for that Ty Simpson announcement. Hank seems pretty confident, doesn't he? That Alabama in pretty good shape for the five-star quarterback, as we've talked about throughout the week. I don't know exactly what it means anymore. Because we've seen Alabama get guys committed and then there's a change and then it seems like Alabama ends up upgrading. I don't know if you can upgrade from the number three pro-style quarterback prospect in the country, which is what Tyler Simpson currently is ranked as, but we'll see. Tyler Simpson coming up later this afternoon, set to choose between, by all sounds and reports, Alabama and the Clemson Tigers. Clemson has gone as far as to get the university president involved in contacting Tyler Simpson. I'd say he's pretty well coveted. 205-342-9904. Of course, we've got a big, big basketball game over in Starkville, Mississippi tomorrow evening. The second matchup this season between the Alabama Crimson Tide and the Mississippi State Bulldogs. Round one went to Alabama here at Coleman Coliseum. Almost a month ago, exactly, Alabama with an eight-point win. It was hard fought. D.J. Stewart, the versatile, all-around player, forward for Mississippi State, had 27. 27 points here in Tuscaloosa with seven of seven from the free throw line. You had Mississippi State's, this is still a little fresh probably for Alabama fans after that loss to Arkansas. A couple of nights ago, given that Arkansas is still shooting free throws. I think they woke up shooting free throws this morning in Fayetteville. Uh, DJ Stewart and Iverson Molinar, the dynamic point guard for the Bulldogs, won a combined 15 of 15 from the free throw line in that loss here in Tuscaloosa. Alabama had 14 threes in that game and got double-figure scoring from five different players. Herb had 17, Primo had 16, Petty 12, Shackelford 12, Alex Reese had 11. So a pretty balanced attack for the Crimson Tide in round one. And again, it's a differing game of styles when you get these two together. Alabama, the concern with Mississippi State, rests largely with the potential for State to be a problem on the backboards. Alabama kept that relatively close in the first meeting. Just minus four and rebounding differential in that win. And then you've got a couple of guys for State that can protect the rim, most notably Abdul Adu. He had three block shots. So uh, I think it's going to be a tough one. I'm not, not going to say Alabama's going to drop two straight in a lead play for the first time this season, but I can see this being another grind similar to what you had here in Tuscaloosa back on January the 23rd. Uh, We're talking with Pops coming up here in a little bit about his favorite sporting events in March and April because it's such a busy time of year on the sports calendar. Jacob Harrison right now is going through withdrawals. I don't know if they have a patch we can get Jacob Harrison for the withdrawals he's experiencing as – the NFL Combine not going down this year as scheduled. That's a big, big bite. That's a big chunk out of Jacob Harrison, resident NFL draft experts, uh, sports diet this time of year, isn't it, Jacob? I mean, is there like a is it like a gaping hole there in your in your sports content consumption uh, schedule there without the Combine, without I'm- these guys running the forty? I mean, yeah, it really is. It's an entire week, and and I'm one of those, like, I'll laugh at at the Combine for what it is, because in all reality, it is kind of funny that we base what these guys can do in the NFL without putting pads on them and going head-to-head. 
and you know overanalyzing 40 times and all that jazz. But man, that's an entire week of programming that that gets you back in the NFL spirits and 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 get your blood pumping a little bit, and it's just not there. And I'm struggling. Yeah, it's that event where you just kind of put it on the NFL Network for what a week almost, and just leave it on. And uh, you talk about forty times. I can't think of a more anticipated forty than Najee Harris. Can you? I'm sorry. I mean, everybody wants to see what this guy can run. I think everybody's convinced on the short space quickness, the power. Obviously, the size is there at 6'2", 230. But people have been talking about what will Najee Harris run, either at the combine or his pro day, for at least, well, a year and a half, almost two years, probably. But see, the funny thing is is that if he runs like a 4.59, then, oh, yeah, he's a first-rounder. We'll be fine. But if it says 4.6, we're going to have real up. problems. Yeah, Travis Etienne, we knew it all along. He's at the top. Yeah, that's going to yeah, – there's, there's going to be massive overreaction to Najee's 40 one way or the other. No doubt about that. Going to head to our final break. When we come back. We'll check in with Pops on a Friday. Southern Fried Sports presented by Peter Brook Chocolatier returns on Tide 100.9 FM right after this. Cloudy with rain diminishing today. Just a small chance of a shower tonight. The high today 67, tonight's low 62. A warm weekend ahead, mostly cloudy tomorrow and Sunday with only widely scattered showers. Highs between 77 and 80. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 60 degrees in Tuscaloosa. The flagship station for Alabama Crimson Tide football. Alabama touchdown. Only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Hello, I'm Johnny Cash. I hear the train coming. It's rolling around a bend. And I ain't seen the sunshine since... I don't know when I'm stuck in Folsom Prison And time keeps dragging on But that train keeps rolling On down the San Antonio Back with more of a Friday edition of Southern Fried Sports Right here on Tide 100.9 FM It's that time on Fridays when we check in with Pops. What about a little man in black to take us into the weekend, Pops? A little Johnny Cash on a Friday. I mean, who doesn't like Johnny Cash is what I want to know. (laughs) I don't know anybody that doesn't like Johnny Cash. You know who it is, buddy, when he cranks it up. (laughs) He absolutely. Singing to the boys in Folsom right there. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Yeah. I think the boys in the Crowbar Motel felt like they could relate to the man in black a little bit, you know? <laughs> he he fit right in, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, I think he felt comfortable in the Crowbar oh, yeah. Motel. Yeah, you know, he was been right in a few. Home. Been in a few. Ain't no problem. Um, Johnny Cash would have been 89 years old today. It's his birthday, Pops. So oh, there you go. man. That's what we're doing. I used to uh, think that was old. Yeah, you're going to be a great grandfather here in a couple of weeks, Pops. How about that? This is crazy. This is crazy. Now, you, you tell me you have concerns about what your access to the great grandchild might be like. You're not anticipating no, no, that you're going to have I'm much concerned. access. Why do you think? Why do you think your access well, to the great grandchild will be limited? I'm, I'm, I have to take a back seat there. I know. I know my place. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be at the back of the bus. Is it going to be kind of like okay. the Publix deli where you take a number, you know, at the deli yeah, at the Publix right, and, right. and you're like you number, know. you're like number 68 and they're on 22, you know, pops, you know, it's going to be, it's, it's but uh, I don't have a problem with that. I just, you know, I just like to see the poor thing. I just maybe once or twice a year at least, and, you know, once or twice a year. Yeah. Yeah. Why you, you think it's you think it's how you're perceived? You think that you're perceived as maybe a bad influence on the child, well, or what that, do you think? That could be part of it, but uh, it's just the situation, you know. It's it's, it's, it's um, got a lot of family people in there. Pops. I mean, and I, and I know numbers. my place. Which 
in that in that line. You know so I mean? if that were, let's say that's a depth chart in football. What team <laughs> do you think you're on on the depth chart? Where are you at on the depth chart? There? I'd be buried, the grandparent depth chart. I'd be buried yeah. deep you're a walk on depth chart. You'd be a walk on freshman great grandparent on I'd that be depth a chart. Walk on geek. Blocking dummy, great grandpa. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, uh, pops. You know, there's rumblings about Tim Tebow maybe being a jag after retiring from professional baseball. That doesn't Uh surprise me a bit. I mean, I hadn't thought of that. You know, but Uh I don't know why. Because him and Urban are tight. I mean, they're tight. Uh huh. You know, and thieves, the the two of you. He probably could do something, that, you know, at a, at a tight end or H back or something, you know. I, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't be surprised, you know. Uh, he could, if, if, if he had the right mindset, but they mm-hmm. might put a package in for him like they do that boy at New Orleans, you know. Taysom Hill, yeah. Yeah, and uh, that I, I don't know if I'd go along with that, but uh, you know, that's that's. It's interesting. It's just, and it's going to sell, it'll sell tickets. That's for sure. Well, it'll sell jerseys too. Yeah. Oh my. Think about all those Tebow fifteen jerseys, pops. But you know what? Isn't Gardner Minshew already fifteen? Gardner going to have to give up his number, pops. (laughs) Again, that'll be interesting too. (laughs) Yeah, I guess it depends. They've got numerical limitations on where you can line up, I guess, in the NFL. Yeah, you know, yeah. so he, he might end up being seven. a 40s or 80s or something. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Taysom Hill wears seven, though, right? He lines up all over the place. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, he can play. He he does a good job. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's effective. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow, 33 years old now, Pops. That's hard to imagine, isn't it? You know, I was wondering how old he was. Yeah. But, he's I mean, got his. He give it, give it his best shot, I believe. Yeah, you get the sense that he, he probably just wants an opportunity. If it does happen, that it, it's all about the these guys. They want to finish things on their own terms, you know, pops. And, oh yeah. And, and the yeah. game don't care. The game don't care what you want. You know. No. No. Mm-mm. Hey, Pops, we got a uh, busy intersection of sports upon us here with the winter sports and the spring sports colliding. You're going to have, well, spring training and Major League Baseball and then the opening of the Major League Baseball season in April. You've got basketball of every form still going on here locally. We're getting into the state final fours and things like yeah. that, regional finals. Yeah. Uh, you got college baseball, college uh, softball underway now. Uh you know, the NFL draft will be in April. Masters coming up in April. Pro golf, March Madness, and college basketball. Right down there where you're at, you're going to have the Players Championship on the PGA Tour here I in the know, next couple I know, weeks. In so, a couple weeks, you know. What, how would you rank March and April sports in terms of, you know, your, your particular preference here as we get into those? Well, I mean, I, I, look, I, like, I love uh, baseball, softball. Uh, March Madness. I mean, uh, I look forward to March Madness every year, uh, and because I, I like the underdogs in March Madness, not the mm-hmm. favorites. I, I mean, I like the favorites, but I pull for the underdogs, and uh, it's always interesting to see who gets in and who doesn't. You know, your but, Florida uh, Gators going to get in. It looks like. Who, I mean, who knows what Gator team's going to show up? They play one game, and then they're off three games with the COVID. Then they'll come yeah. back and play one game and be off the next three games because of COVID. I don't know what goes on down there in Gainesville. Yeah. You know, yeah. I don't understand it. Well, you know, down there. you don't there... know which Gator team's going to show up when they do play. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? You know, it's kind of that way in the SEC in general, though, Pops. I mean, once you get past Alabama and the way Arkansas has been, Arkansas has been consistent for the better part of two months now in league play. But beyond Arkansas and Alabama, it's crapshoot, Pops. Look look at at Auburn and and Tennessee. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's unbelievable what they were supposed to be at all, you know, especially this new boy at Auburn. 
Yeah. And they get blistered. Yeah, you know, Florida, Florida had them goes to Auburn and beats them to death. Yeah, Sharif Cooper didn't play against your Gators. You're talking yeah, about the I checked that box score Auburn. and I didn't see his name. Yeah, anywhere. he's got an ankle. Yeah, I didn't know what his yeah. problem was, but it does. I mean, Florida doesn't play with the same lineup two nights in a row ever. Yeah, because of the COVID. You know, yeah. when they do play, the COVID. Yeah, it's, it's true. nuts. You know. you know, you'd you'd be happy around here this weekend. We've got the uh we got the college baseball and college softball in town uh all weekend. Well you know, I that's that's to me that's that's terrific. When you yeah. catch both games, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that's what we're gonna that's what we're gonna have with uh you got Wright State in from Dayton, Ohio for baseball, the Raiders yeah. of Wright State, and then uh Murph and the softball team, they've got Memphis, North Carolina, and Troy in all weekend. So you're you, kidding. Yeah, you'd be covered up. Man, that'd be yeah. great. You'd be covered I up. Mean, that, and, uh, and 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 the weather's been beautiful down here. Yeah. And uh, I mean, a little threatening. A little threatening up all here. day. Mm-hmm. You know, watch them all. Mm-hmm. Hey, pops! The Alabama fans are eagerly awaiting an announcement from a five-star quarterback for the next recruiting class that's coming up. Uh, he's going to make that announcement later this afternoon. Who's the best high school quarterback you ever saw? High school quarterback. Best high school saw. quarterback you ever saw. Well, that's hard for me to say, Travis. I, yeah. I uh, can't pick your own kid. Well, you know. I know that. I know that. Yeah. And uh, former Bowles quarterback. But I mean. Uh, That's that's a tough I question. Pops. I, that's a, I stumped pops. Because there's so many, so many to pick from. Uh huh. You mean, know, I, I loved I loved the kid at Lee a few years ago that beat Bartram Trail. Yeah, he beat Joey Gatewood. Yeah, now Joey at Kentucky, fifty-one uh, to fifty-eight in regulation. Yeah, at the backyard over there I on mean, the west the, side the of Jackson. The guy was only five eight, a hundred maybe a hundred and fifty pounds. Would take a beating now and. Beat everybody back to the huddle and, and run or throw the ball the next time again. I mean, it, it was unbelievable. His, his performance that night was, was you incredible. know. It's a good point because sometimes the maybe the best high school quarterback you ever saw isn't a guy who went on to become a great college player or even play quarterback in college. Oh, yeah. If he did, because Anqu- Anquan Bolden, yeah, former former wide receiver at Florida State, yeah, uh, from Pahokee back in the day saw him play quarterback in high school he was amazing yeah. saw Dante Culpepper when he was in oh, Ocala yeah. Florida one night in Orange Park uh and Dante Culpepper might have been the best high school quarterback I ever saw yeah. he was that good yeah, yeah. all Antoine right Pops. Bolden, what killed me uh-huh. is he was a stud wide receiver and, and he was so strong yeah and then realized he was the quarterback, and he did a great job in high school at quarterback. He was great, absolutely. All right, pops. Hey, have a good weekend. Work on that great grandparent depth chart. Well, I got. I, 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 it doesn't look good, Travis. It doesn't yeah. look good. I think you're third, fourth team at best. All right, <laughs> we'll see you. We'll there he goes, later. pops. That's going to do it for a Friday edition of Southern Fried Sports. Until 11 a.m. on Monday. Have a great Friday, everybody.